Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunded campaign success and better physical product businesses. I'm your host, Matt Ward, and each week I interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert designed to help you take your startup to the next level. If you're interested in learning what we're all about and kickstarting your own crowdfunding campaign, check out artofthekickstart.com slash checklist. You'll get our entire guide to crush your campaign and take your business to new heights. But now, let's get on with the show. Before we jump into the interview, if you're looking for crowdfunding fulfillment, make sure you talk to eFulfillmentService.com. They're a small company. That means they've got your back. Check them out. Guys, welcome to Art of the Kickstart. Today, we've got an awesome interview. We've got Neil Patel, the founder of, let's face it, too many startups to name, the guy that's all behind analytics and marketing for your business on the line to share basically his success story, but really strategies you guys can use. Thanks for coming today, Neil. Thanks for having me. So, Neil, before we jump into it, can you give people just a brief rundown about how you got into the marketing industry, how you've taken Crazy Egg and Kiss Metrics and really worked customer analytics, how you failed and got into it all. Yeah, so uh, years and years ago when I was a kid, I created a website. I thought when you put up a website, people come to it. I quickly learned that's not the case. I eventually got good at internet marketing because I had to learn it on my own. Then from there, I started doing it for my own websites and properties. That's how I got started, right? It was all from experimentation, testing, etc. I got good at it after a while. And I'm like, you know what? Let's keep doing it. So here's a question. Crowdfunders, they're typically not big on internet marketing. What's the purpose of some of the tactics that you use with Kiss Metrics, with Crazy Egg? Where does it come into play for someone who just wants to make a physical product? If you just want to make a physical product and you're interested in crowdfunding, what you'll realize is the people who get the most press and buzz typically end up doing the best. Now, sure, you can manually hit up a lot of press people or hire a PR agency, and that could work as well. But in most cases, it doesn't always really help. What I would do is I would actually go out there and try to guest post on other accounts, write blogs, like hit them up saying, hey, we'd love to write an article. And then, of course, you can link back to your crowdfunding site, uh, assuming you're blogging on something related to the product or service you're offering, right? Absolutely. The other thing that you can end up doing is finding out people on the social web who are really interested in the product or service you know, you're trying to create and get crowdfunded. Ask them to share it. Don't ask them to contribute. Just ask them to share it. And you'll be shocked on how many people will just share it and promote it. The other thing with crowdfunding, too, is you can actually give people free products, right, once it's built. And you're like, hey, you're awesome. Love your blog love to give you a free product, feel free to blog about it and share and talk about it to your uh, community, right? Doing that as well can also help you get quite a bit of traction. Yeah, and you get those all-important testimonials, which is just the proof of product and the proofs in the pudding. But how do you, once you've created a campaign, once you've succeeded, let's say you've got a product, I'm making Shido Stand, a stand desk, laptop case in one. After I fund my Kickstarter, What's the best way to go about growing the business? Because it is easier getting repeat customers. And that's kind of what you do. Yeah. So you're saying once your business is funded, how do you go about growing it? Yeah. Let's say I want to get customers coming back. What would you recommend for a physical products business? 
in terms of on-page customer retention, in terms of email marketing, just kind of a simple system for people? Yeah, so assuming you have a really good product or service, a great way to get people to continue to come back is you offer them more stuff. So for example, if you're selling a cooler, releasing pamphlets and eBooks and material on your website on how to use it to its greatest extent helps. It encourages people to keep coming back, right? Offering bonuses, promos, creating a community where you can contribute with other people, right? Uh, who also love that product. A Facebook fan page, getting people to like the fan page, right? It all helps getting people to come back. And after they purchase, on the thank you page, that's where you can encourage people to, uh, let's say, like the fan page, or you can communicate through them or with them through email marketing, right? How do you start getting that email list growing? That's something that a lot of people struggle with. They'll have their original backers, but they want to start getting those prospects and warming them up to be potential customers. This is something that you do really well, something that Noah Kagan does. I recently got Sumo Me and am incredibly impressed. How can you start building a mailing list based off of your blog, based off of your site? What are a couple of effective strategies that you would implement? Yeah, a few of the strategies I would go and implement is number one, I would continually blog on other people's sites. So you guest post, I have a ton of articles on how to get guest post spots, right? You can find them on quickspot.com. I would guest post and link back to my own site. That drives a ton of traffic and it drives a ton of signups, right? Number two, you can also do uh, ebooks, giveaways, courses, right? Related to a product or service. Doesn't have to be salesy, just more so informative. That's another great way to get emails. Three, every time someone buys a product, that's an email, right? And once you have all these emails, you got to segment it. So the people who already bought, they go to a different email list. But the people who haven't bought, you can drip them through like four or five emails over a period of a week or two and try to convince them to buy your product. And then you start building out your sales funnels from there and then hopefully create an automated system. And that's really why I want to get you on the podcast because most people out there in the Kickstarter community have very little experience with this. Most of what they do is qualitative. While I think you're more of the quantitative guy, it's all about split testing. It's all about getting better results through changing up variables. How do you go about split testing with KISS metrics with Crazy Egg? Well, I guess Crazy Egg does some split testing. How do you go about doing that? And what would you advise for new website owners, people that are just getting started? When's it time to start split testing? Yeah, once you have enough traffic. So assuming you have enough conversion points in traffic, like 500 plus conversions a month, you can start doing a ton of split testing. You can even do it when you have like 100 conversions a month, but it's just going to take forever, right? So I would recommend you first focus on traffic. Once you have enough traffic and enough conversions, you can then get split tests purely, or you can start improving your conversions and then coming up with split tests by surveying people. So finding out, from your visitors or potential customers, like through a quality survey, you can ask them simple questions like, what else would you like to see on this page? Or why didn't you complete the purchase? So you can ask them all these questions. It'll give you insights. You can then look for patterns and then make changes to the website to solve those problems, right? You can also look at analytics like Google Analytics to see where people are dropping off in your funnel so that way you know what pages need the most work. So that all makes sense. Looking at the stats, but what about when the stats and your instincts or your heart don't quite line up? What do you go with or what do you start with when you personally are building a site or if you were recommending someone? Do, 
Do you go the more salesy internet marketing style of website, or do you try to make something classier for product sales? I try to go more classier, right? It's, if you can keep adding value, you don't have to sell too hard. Yeah, I, real, I realized I made that a bit of a leading question. So, Neil, you've got a ton of experience doing this. You've launched quite a few sites, Quick Sprout, Kiss, well, Quick Sprout's a blog, Kiss Metrics, and Crazy Egg. What's been your favorite experience so far of what you've built? You've built a lot of stuff. You've angel invested. Take us kind of through the the Neil Patel experience of building business and helping other people to create pretty cool stuff. So you're, you're saying what's the Neil Patel way of building businesses and creating cool stuff? Ah, more, more what have you enjoyed? What's been the coolest for you personally? Because you've built a lot of businesses. But has it been a passion? What have you enjoyed? And we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. So for me, I enjoy solving problems for marketers and small and medium businesses. Unless I'm passionate about something, I won't do it. And I really do enjoy every single company I create, right? Because it's like, I'm not just creating it for the sake of it. I'm creating it because I actually really love space, the sector. So if you really love that, was that something you'd advocate for businesses? I'm sure you get the question all the time. But passion versus profit. How do you go about founding a successful business? You've done it quite a few times. Well, there's no way to like say, hey, here's how you go about starting a successful business. It comes down to solving problems. If you can solve problems and they're a big enough problem and your solution is easy to use and ideally affordable, you're much more likely to succeed. Money is a byproduct of solving a problem that a lot of people experience. And you did that with Crazy Egg. You solved a problem that a lot of people experienced, yet you still had trouble getting VC funding for that, at least in the beginning. When is it a good idea to go with venture or angel-backed funding? When do you bootstrap something? Can you kind of take us through your thought process for this? Because typically, Art of the Kickstarts bootstrapped, but I know you live in a lot more of the VC, Silicon Valley-focused startups. Yeah, it depends. If you really want to create a huge business, you need money. It's hard to create a multi-billion dollar company without some sort of financial backing. The backing just helps you grow faster. Uh, The way I look at it is if you can take someone's money and it can help your business grow faster. So let's say someone gives you a million dollars and they want 20%. And if that million dollars helps you grow at a much faster pace than 20%, right? Like if it causes your company to grow and you're worth 40% now, it's a win-win situation. The investor makes money and you do too. But that's how I look at it, right? Raising money should be a benefit to both parties. You should raise when you know you can help the investor make more money and it makes you more money. Yeah, you've got to make the pie bigger. Otherwise, it's not worth your time. What about your time as an angel investor, though? What are some things you've learned working with earlier stage startups and putting your own money on the line? Yeah, so the one thing I learned is with early stage startups, unless they can execute fast, and they have a sound business model, right, which changes a lot during the early stages. You see a ton of failures. Like everyone thinks you need the best team ever. And I do think team is very valuable, but a good business model goes a long way. What are some of the common challenges you see with business models? Well, most people, the biggest problem I see is most people don't come into it with a business model. They're like, oh, I'm just going to go create this because I love it, right? And business models has changed. You just have to be willing to adapt. Market conditions change. You learn things that you didn't know. So unless you're flexible and agile, you're not going to do well as an entrepreneur. Absolutely agreed. This is one of the challenges, though, that hardware and physical products face is the 
the timeline is just so much longer than it is for a SaaS or an app-based business. Do you invest in hardware startups? I don't invest in hardware-based startups. I actually don't invest in many startups at all anymore, right? I just invest in myself. Yeah, at this point, it's worth investing in yourself because you can double down on success. But what I would like to jump into now is a little bit more of the future of crowdfunding, some opinions on your end. Are you intimately involved with crowdfunding, startup scenery, I would imagine? Yes. So I know the crowdfunding space pretty well. I'm not too involved in it, but I do know it quite well. No worries. What's your favorite campaigns? My favorite one was uh, Coin, but Coin didn't really crowdfund through a platform, right? They did it on their own site. What made Coin special for you? Solved a problem. I have a wallet filled with too many credit cards. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's been so many minimalist wallets now. That's one of the movements with crowdfunding is when something takes off, there's a lot of mimics, a lot of copycats. Do you think it's worth being second, third, fourth to market? Or would you recommend a more innovative approach of trying to be first? Uh, Either one could work. It's about who's fast and who can execute. What are some ways of executing that people typically mess up? They execute based on what they want to do or what they think is best versus doing what's best for their users. What's the best way to figure that out, though? A lot of times that's hard. Well, the best way you end up figuring out is like through surveying, right? It's all about understanding your users. So like talking to them, all that kind of stuff really helps. And a product like Crazy Egg is great for that and understanding how the customers are flowing through flowing through the site. Can you break down your current businesses with Kissmetrics, Crazy Egg? You do a little blogging at Quicksprout as well. Do you got anything else going on? And can you give us a little summary of those? Yeah. So you, you're saying with my own businesses, do we do any blogging or anything like that? Basically, what do your businesses do now? People hear from you all the time. You're clearly the expert on analytics and customer management on page. But kind of give people a little bit more of an insight into the businesses you're running day to day and what that looks like. Yeah. So the businesses I'm running day to day tends to be just Crazy Egg, Hello Bar, and uh, Quick Sprout, which is a personal blog. But what I just end up doing for those businesses is just creating more information and content. I believe we can educate potential customers and customers and help them just solve their problems related to marketing. Eventually, they'll keep using our product or you know talking about it. I did not realize you were Hello Bar as well. Another great product. Thank you. Guys, check it out if you don't have it. It's that little bar you throw at the top of your website that just grabs email addresses like crazy. So you're helping people with this and heat mapping, heat trapping, crazy egg. When is it time for a company to start using that? I've used it on past sites, but just never had the traffic to make it effective. When do you start testing and getting analytics based off of customer actions. Yeah, when you have a few thousand visitors, right? That's when I would start. And what's the best way to make that effective? Are you going to use that on sales pages, product pages, home pages? How would you recommend the Neil Patel suite of consumer sales? Well, I I would recommend it. um, What do you mean recommend it to who? Like consumers or how do I sell it to people? I'm a bit confused on what you're trying to ask. Sorry, that was a crappy question. So you've got a product you just successfully funded. You're building the site. You're starting to get traffic. How does someone start to implement some of the systems that we've talked about today? Just a a short step-by-step plan to start grabbing email addresses, 
to have content and start email marketing with potential leads to get customers back to their site, if they were going to start implementing some of your products, other products that you love as well, for instance, like a sumo me, what would you be recommending to people that were really new at this? Okay, one, start guest posting. I break it down on QuickSprout. There's a lot of posts that you can link to for that. When you start guest posting, feel free to link to your own site when it's relevant and you think it benefits the reader. Two, on your site, you can use things like a hello bar to collect emails or whatever you want, right? It's free. Three, once you collect the emails, add it in a drip sequence. You can start shooting out emails and, you know, I would start off with one to two emails. The first email right when they sign up. And then within a few days, another one pitching your product or service. Uh, And in between that, of course, send them educational material. And then again, go back to selling your product or service through emails. Four, I would start blogging on your own site. So create educational information as well. When you blog on your own site, link out to other relevant sites. Every time you link out to a relevant site and you publish a post, email them, letting them know that you link to them and ask them to share it on the social web. That's how I would start off. Ooh, that last part is very smart. A lot of times I'll include posts, but never think to try to get them to promote it. It's a nice little, a nice little boost on there. So you've done a lot, Neil, and I think you've been very successful. That can a lot of times be challenging for people to kind of comprehend. It's easy for people to see people in your position as someone who just made it. What are some of the mistakes that you made? Some of the challenges that you have kind of humanize Neil Patel for everybody out there. Yeah, I try to do too many things at once. That's a big mistake. I ha- I don't I haven't always execute fast enough. That's again another mistake. And there's a lot of other little mistakes throughout the way too, right? Making like when you make a mistake, you should learn from it and avoid repeating it. At the beginning when I started off, I used to repeat the same mistakes over and over again, right? So those are some of the things that I used to do. Like for example, I'd pick like business partners without knowing them, right? Business partnerships are like marriage. You better know who you're getting in bed with. Except there's no bed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Would you say that your challenges were typical of most early stage founders? Not typical, like, um, or uh, the other way, I I mean, it is typical. I think a lot of founders experience similar problems, but they all learn and they go through it, right? Like, for example, I've built products way too much without really considering what the customer wants, right? I learn better now when I understand like the MVP concepts. What do you say when you see entrepreneurs that are struggling? They were where you were a decade ago. They're building something that's not worth building. They're getting into bad partnerships. How do you advise someone who is so sure of themselves and yet you can see they're basically just you a decade ago? So what I would do is I would advise them is the biggest thing is move fast, get feedback from customers or potential customers, build what they want, not what you want. And the third one would be learn from your mistakes and other people's mistakes and try to avoid them. I think that's some pretty solid advice. Neil, we've had you on. We've asked you, let's face it, quite a few rapid fire questions. I think you've held up pretty good. You've had a ton of value for our listeners. I want to start to wrap up. But before we do, one last question. What do you want to leave people with? What have we not talked about? Whether it's a quote, a life lesson, a story... Share something you think listeners, entrepreneurs, inventors could benefit from. Just make sure you're building stuff that's innovative. Don't just try to keep copying people and reinventing the wheel, right? Like the things that do well solve problems and they're innovative. Creating Me Too products, that's already been done. Sure, you can do that and still make money, but don't do something just for the money. Really try to solve a problem and make 
like the world a better place. And you can do that by building better products, something that's unique. Like look at that cooler, right? The coolest cooler. It's a much better cooler than what people have been used to for years. Absolutely. There's enough round wheels. Let's keep going on that. So Neil, you've got you've got an unlimited budget. What problem are you going to want to solve in the world? I don't know. <laughs> I wish I could tell you, but I don't know. If I had an unlimited budget, like a ton of money, I would try to go after like something like cancer or whatever it may be, right? I have no clue how to solve it, but if I had a ton of money, it's like might as well solve problems that impact a lot of people. I guess it's a shit question too, because unlimited money means you can pretty much solve all the problems eventually. Hopefully. Hopefully. Thanks so much for coming on today, Neil. You've been a cool guest. I think a lot of what you've shared is going to be really helpful for people first getting started in this. Where's the best place for people to find you? You got a couple of, a couple of sites. Uh, quicksprout.com. Quicksprout.com, guys. Check it out. You can see Neil blogging pretty consistently. Content is always high. And thank you so much for coming on today, Neil. Thanks for tuning in, listeners. Everybody have a great day, night, or wherever you happen to be in the world. Same to you, Neil. Take care. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show all about building a better business, world, and life with physical products. I'm your host, Matt Ward. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, you should check out artofthekickstart.com. You can find access to all our past episodes, get our Kickstarter Crush It guide, and if you love the episode, be sure to leave us a review, artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors and entrepreneurs find the show and helps us get better guests on here to help you grow your business. Thanks for tuning in, and until next time, have a great and productive week. Go build something incredible.